We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the show. It's IB Nation Sports Talks Friday. Rapid fire. Salty's been in here yodeling into the wind. Come on, people. Join me, people. <laughs> Have some fun right. with this, people. Come on in. Come on down. That's right. I mean, I know the weather is at least here in South Bend anyway. It's a little bit nicer today, but it's not like you should, you know, it's nice enough to be outside doing anything. Oh, it's it was like, over 50 yesterday and sunny. It was gorgeous yesterday. It was it was like that down in Atlanta, Man. too. I thought that we had it good down there, but I guess we got it up here as well. I don't know. Did you do anything fun in Atlanta? Uh, No. Called a, blow, <laughs> called a blowout. Called a blowout. That you was didn't it. go walk around downtown, go through Olympic I did. Park. I did like a. I did like a forty-minute walk down. There wasn't a whole lot around our hotel. Really, I went. Part were you in? You're actually. No. Well, oh, don't ask me that. I... <laughs> <laughs> were you close to any of the major stadiums? No. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Yeah, there was a there was a little shopping center, and I actually walked into a Lululemon store. Oh, I'm sorry. I've never, you know, I've not, I don't own any Lululemon, and I thought, good, well, you know, maybe I'll get the wife something, and you know, for Valentine's <laughs> Day is coming up, and I went, whoa, I'm not spending that kind of money on this stuff, not knowing, you know, like what fits and what doesn't, and anything else. And see well, you, Lulus. 
Be happy you don't have three teenage daughters like I do, or kind of two and a half teenage daughters, because uh-huh. they were ecstatic with the Lululemon gift cards that they got for Christmas. Ah. And, uh, yeah. And let's just say the gift cards we got didn't really cover much uh, because of the prices that are in that store. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Naomi started on that, and I uh, unfortunately cannot get myself out. I'm forever trapped. Yeah, good luck. Man, yeah, I had no idea how expensive, but I guess, you know, it's a standalone store, so it stands to reason. Because even like a, there was like a kind of a cool looking, you know, like a long sleeve, sort of a workout shirt kind of thing. 88 bucks. (laughs) And I'm like, I would rather have an Under Armour than a Lululemon, and I'm not going to spend as much for the Under Armour. Not even close. What am I even doing here? The, the pants, the little leggings or whatever, like a hundred bucks. Yeah. But it's one of those stores that, of course, you know, three people hit you up in the first three minutes you walk in the store as well. How you doing, sir? Oh, yeah. Still doing good. Because they know <laughs> you're a sucker because you're a male in there by yourself, right. clearly right. buying for somebody else. And they're like, yeah, there's one. There's one born every minute. And they all yep. walk into Lululemon. I did find uh, a pair of pants in there on the clearance rack a couple weeks ago, and I, I did buy them. I did they buy do? Them. They do, by the way, have Notre Dame branded Lululemon in the bookstore. Oh, really? Uh, I found that out when I when we went and, and took a look around the other day, and uh, the identical item that is in the store, one of those sling bag, like for example, uh-huh. you know, oh, you yeah. know all, the, all the women are wearing these days. It's got the tiniest itty bitty little shamrock logo. Forty dollars more Oof. than it is at actual Lululemon. <laughs> I can barely see the logo. Yeah, it's funny yeah. because we go to a lot of Cavs games and they have like a Lulu section now. Oh yeah, and like it's it, they put the smallest Cavs logo on there. Like you wouldn't even know that mm-hmm. it's affiliated. You know, like yep. you have to look really Tiny. hard to see it. It's really funny. Oh me. yeah, they get you, man. They get you. I enjoyed listening to your show yesterday listen yeah. to uh listen to the whole thing did you it, it, i'm i'm thinking maybe <laughs> i should just be the producer of this show <laughs> and you guys just do it every day sean i'm not ready for that kind of stress okay <laughs> well that's... yeah because that's i suggest you know it's like we're, <laughs> we're texting because i had to do sort of the technical end you know getting the show posted up to youtube and all that kind of stuff and you know, put the show card up and the title and everything. And I'm like, Vince, I need to know what your main topic is going to be because I got to post this show for you. And, you know, by the way, I got to get on this bus and go to a basketball game and everything else. And didn't hear from him, didn't hear from him. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, Chad Bowden news, this is kind of big. Maybe you just make Do that it. your main segment. But Vince was like, how's that going to be a full show segment? <laughs> we made how, it work. How we am nailed I going to do this? And then the next thing I know, I get this show outlined, and it's like, man, did Brian help him put this together or what? I just you, all you had to do is plant the seed, and I went, I went with it. That's what I'm saying. So I'll just produce. I'll give you the ideas, and you and then guys we just run with it. Rest. I'll just sit back here and you know. balance. Yesterday, I think the main topic and rapid fire were pretty equal in length. Yeah, it was. That up. And- do feel like speaking of rapid? Well, yeah. I feel like maybe, you know, I mentioned the other day, like the around the horn scoring system. <laughs> I feel like listening to just you two 
you know, like you need like a Tony Reale stat boy, you know, like back in the old school PTI days. Remember when Reale would come on at the end of the show? He'd tell you all the mistakes check, you made. Correct all the errors. <laughs> yes. Because Skylar Dickens and Joel Lloyd didn't <laughs> win a national championship nah, I, together. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as it came out of my mouth. I knew it. They went to a final four together. I kind of corrected myself. I said, no I know they went to a final four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I Teammates now in Seattle, though. Yes. So that's yes. all that matters. And we brought it up. We talked yeah. about it. That's right. That's so. right. Vince I've got some thoughts. On it. I've got some thoughts on your Jeff Halfley stuff, though, too. I'll save that because nice. there's kind of a related topic coming up here in a few minutes. Okay. You want to get into the pertinent topics of the day? We, we, we're do done it. with Lulu's and everything else. <laughs> you got to hear from some players today, right? We did. We got to uh, go over to uh, to Notre Dame, the Irish Athletic Center, and it was um, it wasn't media day, but it was it had that feel. Some of the yeah. yeah, it's like we got we got a combination of early enrollees. We got Lauren Lando, and I'm going to save the Lando stuff. I think we'll probably do some of that on Monday. Vince, kind of hear some of uh, the well, new strength that, coaches. Lucky Vince, on some of that stuff. Well, I can save it for you too, maybe even on Tuesday. So. <laughs> Um, but we got Riley Leonard. We got some CJ Carr today. We got a few others. I just got done transcribing Micah Gilbert, hmm. one of the uh, new wide receivers. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we got to talk to uh, to a lot of them. Riley Leonard, including, he met with the media for the first time since coming to Notre Dame, and uh, he came bounding up the steps like Tigger. Say, you know, seems like a really little, little spring in his step. Nice guy. Uh-huh. Springing his step, just bouncing right along, huh? Yeah, springing his mm. step for a guy who just had surgery and the ropes tight are rope, tight, tightrope surgery, tight rope and everything there's a, else. There's a name yes. for it. That's right, tightrope surgery. It did come up. So Riley yeah, Leonard discussed his surgery. You want to hear what he had to say? Always. Let's do it. Yeah, I feel great. I'm bouncing around. Obviously, no boot, nothing. You you probably wouldn't even realize I got surgery. Uh, that that story broke a couple days ago. It wasn't really a secret. Like I tell people all the time, like I was riding around campus in my electric uh, wheelchair thing, just scooting around. <laughs> like I was embracing it. You know what's up? Uh, but uh, it's it's been good. Like it's been super easy. Uh, Rob Hunt and the whole athletic training staff have been, you know, great with me. I should be back in a couple weeks. Um, so I'm two weeks in right now and feeling great already, so no what problem at all. What's the procedure uh, exactly? Yeah, uh, high ankle tightrope surgery. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, so you in can, and out. You expect to be pretty ready to go for spring 100%, practices? yeah. I, I think some people say, like, it's more stable than it was before, so we'll see. What did you know you guys had to do it now? Yeah, like, why did you wait to do it now? Was there, was there a reason behind yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think we all just decided to wait, see if it could heal up. And then we got here, and like, ah, you know, we could risk it and, and play. Like, it ended up healing pretty well. We could risk it and play in spring, and maybe in the fall, and have no problems. But there was a risk of re-injuring it because um, it was a little loose. That's what they said. And uh, yeah, so we were just like, let's get it done now. It's January. Yeah. Obviously, I've been out for like three months because of my toe. But at the end of the day, it's still January, and we're it's still early, so. We're like, knock it out four, six weeks, six, eight weeks, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so might as well do it. Are you still, we saw the pictures. You're in the gym, or at least in the weight room with everyone. I mean, 
yeah. workout wise, you're still able to do most. Yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah, I'm doing the only things I'm not doing are like sprinting right now, but every everything else in the weight room I'm doing with those guys. Doing everything but sprinting, so you get in the, the gym uh, <laughs> right from the horse's mouth. Who wants to go first? What do you guys think? I think Vince wants to go first. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think it's hilarious. He's like, I don't even understand what all the excitement's about. He's like... You know, if anybody was walking around campus, they'd have seen me going around right. with my electric, you know, motorized deal. And like, are you, you surprised know, somebody on campus didn't like either take a picture of him or a video or like, I just, I don't know. I, I think we all knew that he wasn't a hundred percent right now. Like that wasn't major news, I guess, to me. So I, it was the story that got out was troublesome because it was so wrong like that's the biggest issue here non-weight bearing he's gonna miss it was the other ankle like because it's clearly said in the article it was the other ankle you know what i mean so it's like okay well now that's a concern right but if it wasn't you know if it was just if what was reported was actually true okay or what or if the truth was actually reported i should say it's a non-story you know what i mean so that's what made it a story and the whole thing. And then Rob Hunt, of course, trolling and that didn't help and you know, whatever. But like well, it's a non-story. Well, Rob, I think, Hunt was, Rob Hunt Rob Hunt was whether he was trolling or not was hundred percent correct. Which I love, by the way. His I troll love was, you know, this basically this story is inaccurate, was yes. the gist of what and he I, said. Yes, not, but yeah. it gave it legs, you know what I mean? It, it right. gave it the it didn't let it go away. But I love Rob. I think Rob does a fantastic job. I worked with rob for years and years uh with my summer job so i think rob is awesome um but i i just i think riley just got a taste of what it's like to be at notre dame and not at duke like from a media standpoint you know what i mean he mentioned that too he said today he was like oh at our media day 
you know, we had probably maybe a fifth of this. You yeah, know, this like isn't the, even media day. Literally, you know, as he's. It's like he's going si- from playing the A's yeah. to the Yankees. He's sitting at a table and there's probably, there's between 20 and 30, you know, people. Oh, I'm sure. Him. Probably closer to 30. And yeah. it's not even media day. It's. No. It's February 2nd and it's, you know, you're, you're, you're here and we're, we're talking to new players day. It's not even an official media day, you know? Right. So yes, yes. People do. And as Salty says, people do care a lot more and there is a lot more attention paid to it, obviously. Jess. Yeah. It's really hard to kind of uh, follow up with much more supplemental detail than what, Vince did. I, I just think it's ultimately, you know, it's just kind of funny. It's not a lot of people's business, but they're trying to make something potentially out of nothing. And I think it's just great on him and Notre Dame to to get ahead of this thing early and kind of get some of this maintenance, you know, stuff done before the real season starts. And it's 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 if he's like it's if he's able to work out on it, it like he's not missing anything right now because that's all you're doing is is working out, doing, you know, different forms of speed and agility training. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, he's a mobile quarterback, but it's not like he needs to be running sprints right now. And I just, I, I like the the concept of being proactive about this and getting it done that way, you know, once the season comes, there's no more lingering issues. I like the concept of Notre Dame football took the opportunity to put out a photo that apparently was also taken yesterday and tweeted out. Yes. Early last I night. I loved that. As all this stuff is brewing, it's like, here's Riley Leonard and I've got my medicine ball and I'm again. And he's bounding, like, bounding, like bounding tigger, off you know? of his ankles <laughs> yeah. in that video. Rock, like that heel is up. He's using that ankle. Uh-huh. That's right. And yeah, you know, he walked in today like he like there was nothing wrong. And he's obviously right. a few weeks into this recovery process because he is. Because again, as I mentioned earlier this week when we talked about it, we had, you know, there was something on our message boards about it last week. And this yep. happened, I think, like the surgery happened basically right around the time he got to campus. So this is like two yeah. plus weeks old at this point. This is absolutely, this has been going on for a while. And he's already into the healing process and just, and everything else. So, I mean, great for him. It's just like, what I, what I found was weird was, you know, again, like people have their sources, get their information, whatever, but we've known that the guy was going to be coming out to talk to the media today, you know? So I'm not sure what the rush was to get this out, knowing that you are going to be able to sit down face to face with him and talk to him today about it and ask him the question that he got asked. So that's, you know, kind of any disconnect for me, you know, like why this came out a couple of days ago when you were going to get to talk to him two days later. I enjoyed Notre Dame. And actually get from the horse's mouth confirmation or denial yes, on exactly. whatever. And that's clicks, baby. Like I, I guarantee you. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah, that's what that clicks. <laughs> the, the author... He learned a lesson, I think, but I guarantee you the people that signed his paycheck were ecstatic because they got a boatload of clicks. True. They don't care if it's real or not. They, right. I, I don't really think they care. They don't. Right. And I, I think the author is going to take a bit of a hit and, and have to learn a lesson here. But like his bosses, I, I don't think they care. I really don't. Maybe I'm wrong. But at the end of the day, 
clicks are what matter, man. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. You get it, and now you get, excuse me, follow-up clicks. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I enjoyed Notre Dame's pettiness in their kind of subtweet. I call that basically a subtweet. <laughs> oh, it's totally petty, and it was amazing. Like it was. It's it, it's almost yeah. like if you want to know what's what's uh, what's true and what's not, why don't you you know go through the university? Why don't you right. go through? Well, and I know we're not going to get to, you know, we're not scheduled to talk to Marcus Freeman until spring football starts, or you know, unless you know something else happens, you know, on on the the final signing day and stuff I'll like see that him tomorrow. Yeah. If you want me to relay something. Okay. Okay. Uh, but my point is typically with, with injuries, we get some kind of confirmation from yeah. him because like even the assistant yes. coaches, when they talk during the season or during camp, they're like, they're not going to address injuries. They're like, right. You want injury stuff. You talk to the head coach, you know? Well, And there's also channels that you can take with the people that we know in the in the uh administration right. over there and you can ask but like hey did this happen is it cool if i report on it like there's there's channels to take there's ways to do it the right way it just wasn't done that way you know what i mean it just wasn't so yeah so a few other topics came yeah. up but uh the one that i found most interesting for today anyway riley <laughs> leonard was asked about the Notre Dame defense as someone who mm. got to face the Notre Dame defense during the season. Uh, yeah, that was a huge part of my commitment. Like whenever they were recruiting me, I was like, "Who's coming back on defense?" Because I played around, I played against them, and like they were the most, you know, high flying. You know, they were flying around all game. Like really, really incredible players. Um, so whenever I heard like guys like Riley Mills coming back, Howard Cross, who still owes me dinner, uh, <laughs> so I told him there's a Ruth Chris like right down the street. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of weight on my ankle, but uh, like those type of guys, Xavier Watts, like Ben Morrison, who I think is a sophomore now, but just incredible players, Jack Kaiser. Um, so yeah, that was an easy, easy decision for me after seeing those guys. That was obviously my favorite part of that clip was the Howard Cross That's great. comment. Still owes me dinner. Bruce very Street, comfortable in front of the media. I like that. Yep. You know? Yep, for and sure. I will also say it's very impressive to me, and maybe I shouldn't be impressed, but it's very impressive to me. He was able to rattle off all those names. You know? I mean, he hasn't been there that long. I mean, true. yes, they're teammates now officially or whatever, and they've been doing workouts, but he rattled off some names pretty quickly. I, I give a little bit of credit for that. He did his homework. You know, he like usually as a coach, when, you know, you're putting together a game plan or whatever, you know, you know them by their numbers. You know know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, here's number 20. We got to keep an eye on him. You know, that kind of thing. But not necessarily like I I give him credit for for knowing uh, the defensive guys over there. That was good. Yeah, I thought the part that was most interesting uh, that he basically admitted to, you know, that Notre Dame's defense was some sort of factor in his recruiting process because when he came on his visit, if everyone remembered, it was a big deal that he was with Xavier Watts. Mm-hmm. And you heard him mention Xavier Watts in that clip as well. And so I do believe that it went a long way of, you know, feeling comfortable in a program, knowing that you have, you know, knowing what Notre Dame's defense is. And I guess it, yeah. it played a bigger role than what I really thought. Yeah. You knew he'd know Howard Cross. I mean, you know, for good or bad, you knew he'd know that one. Like you said, it was a lot of weight on his ankle. I hope that Howard steps up and buys him 
that that stake at some point. I'm sure, sure. the D line's got a nice NIL deal where they could take out yeah. uh, Riley Leonard somewhere. Yeah, take a quarterback to lunch kind of deal or something. <laughs> and like they that. all they all get NIL money. They, he's got enough money set aside to take him out for a meal like that. You know, he'll be okay. Salty asked, going back to the injury thing, were any HIPAA provisions right to medical privacy violated by the person who released Riley's incorrect surgery information? Well, I mean, obviously, because you release information, you know, without the permission of the person you're talking. And again, that's typically why all the injury information filters through the head coach, because he knows what, you know, and like you can apply this to Olivia Miles. For example, right. because there have been a right. lot of people grumbling. Well, why doesn't she want to say what the you know she never said what the injury was official? You know why? Do, because that's her HIPAA right. That's her right to privacy. Mm-hmm. She does not have to release that, or anyone who's injured, they don't have to release that information if they don't want it released. They have to give permission for yep. for those things <clears throat> to be released. That's what HIPAA is. So you know, I know that like fans want to know, media obviously want to know but that's why that there are HIPAA provisions in place because it it is that person's right to privacy it is yeah. their information and that was the crux of what Rob Hunt was saying in that tweet which is why he didn't say specifically what happened he just said right. this is wrong right you know and everybody's like well then if you know what it is then why can't you tell it? like those were some of the ridiculous comments under Rob's tweet was like oh if you know so much then what actually happened I mean, if you know so much, he's the head athletic trainer he's for the, the football freaking team. head athletic trainer. Like, I know. Oh my God, like did the, the ignorance that was pouring out of people was unbelievable. But then again, welcome to X. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So again, we'll have uh, some more like over the weekend at, on the Irish breakdown site. We're going to have plenty of stories be cranking out these different, <laughs> you know, Riley Leonard and, CJ Carr and Lauren Lando and everybody else will have all kinds of content coming up on the site over the next few days. And, and um, we'll have more audio on next week's shows as well from some of those guys. So looking forward to that. So with Jeff Halfley leaving Boston college to become green Bay's defensive coordinator, Bruce Feldman from the athletic is listed Notre Dame defensive line coach, Al Washington as a candidate for the Boston College job. Here's what Feldman says, quote, Washington played and coached at BC. The 39-year-old Ohio native was a three-year starter for the Eagles and later coached on both sides of the ball for BC. After leaving Boston College, he coached at Cincinnati, Michigan, and Ohio State before Marcus Freeman hired him in South Bend. Washington was a candidate for the job last time it opened and might make a lot of sense now, end quote. Again, that is from Bruce Feldman. So what do you guys think about Al Washington as a head coaching candidate at Boston College? Uh, I, I think that the fit makes sense. And I, I actually didn't realize that he played at Boston College. So, you know, that to me is already a strong connection of, you know, being an alma mater. Um, and then, you know, again, having the opportunity to already be a coach there kind of at some point as well. I guess the only thing that I would question about Al Washington is he he doesn't have any coordinator experience yet and I, I not to say that coordinator coordinator experience is needed before you become a head coach I would just like to see a little bit more experience out of Al Washington before I'd be ready to commit to saying that he would be a good head coach 
Um, and I, I also think it's kind of funny now, too, because this is another guy that a lot of Notre Dame fans, you know, gave a hard time to. And now, you know, he had a good season and now he's on the trail of potentially being a head coach somewhere. I think it makes a lot of sense, to be honest with you. I think that the trajectory of Al Washington is headed in the right direction. You know, he has not been a coordinator, but at the same time, the last time that he was a quote unquote candidate for the job, he wasn't a coordinator then either. And now he's got even, he's got even more experience under his belt. And look, Boston college people may not like this, but Boston college, the head coaching job at Boston college is kind of an entry level power five head coaching job. And so you're not necessarily going to be able to get an established coordinator or something along those lines. There's ties to Al Washington from BC. He's got experience on both sides of the ball. I could see this being a fit. I really could. Now, as a Notre Dame fan, as an analyst for Notre Dame, it would suck to lose him. But you lose a defensive line coach to a head coaching position? Like, you just kind of got to give a pat on the back. It's one of those you can't argue with. That's right. You you know, if you're going to leave, leave for a promotion. This is clearly a promotion. So. You well, know. it happens a lot at Notre Dame, too. A lot of oh, guys yeah. go on to become, you know, head coaching somewhere. Yeah. And I, I never – that's never a bad thing, in my opinion. I think that makes you – makes it look like your program is good. Like, it, you're able to produce a lot of good quality football, good quality, you know, uh, naturation of, you know, players and then the ability to, you know, be a good coach as well. Right. It's same but different, Gerard Mayo – Patriots was a position coach. Yeah. He followed Bill Belichick as head coach. That was like a plan going in, too. Like a a succession plan, which is. Yeah, they had that, I guess, signed in his last contract that if it came open, he was going to become the head coach. I didn't realize Washington had interviewed for this when Halfley ended up getting no idea. They They were obviously both Ohio State assistants at that point. And this. You know, again, this ties into what you guys were talking about yesterday, the reasons Halfley gave for leaving when he talked about NIL and spending time, you know, on these different things that aren't necessarily just coaching. To me, I took that as he was being diplomatic, you know, trying not to talk down the Boston College job because of what you just said, though, Vince. This is a lower-level Power 5 job. It is an entry-level Power 5 job and I think that part of it is like with Halfley specifically is it's not just that he has to spend time on NIL it's that he had to spend time essentially trying to you know keep the NIL dogs off of his players you know like his best players to lure you know that's a battle that you have to start fighting you essentially as a Boston College or a Wake Forest a Duke you become a feeder for the bigger power five schools basically and I think that 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 was part of the battle that Halfley was tired of fighting. And so it's like, well, I give this up. I'm going to go to the NFL to become a defensive coordinator. If I have success there, maybe I'm an NFL head coach in a few years. But, you know, like for Al Washington, you know, again, this, this is an entry level power five job and it's, it's, there's, there's not a whole, there's not a, there's not a ton of interest in Boston college, you know, like even in Boston, if they are really, really good, they'll have more interest, but in general, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough drum to beat there, you know? So I think if Al Washington wants to go be head coach, it is his alma mater. I think it would make sense for him, but just with the landscape of college football right now, I think it's going to be harder and harder for 
the Boston colleges and, you know, again, the Wake Forests and, and those kind of schools to have success because of all the extra things that they have to battle with, with teams and, you know, other programs trying to lure away their players with NIL money and everything else. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I, and I get that. I, I actually just did a quick search. It sounds like Bill O'Brien is the guy that's like, leader in the clubhouse apparently. got him in their sights now huh which yeah. is very interesting that, that would be would take that well so i was to say that'd be a huge gift for bc like if they could actually make that happen and nail that down like that would be a big time hire for them but it sounds like they've had like six to nine interviews and they're just like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks that's <laughs> what it sounds like to me yeah yeah but that's what you water. have to do when you're boss in college you know i mean i'm sorry but like you kind of have to wait for other schools to, you know, figure out who their recruits are, and then Boston College gets to get involved. So you're like, saying that's how it feels. they're the current Washington Commanders of college yeah. football? Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they're going to call Bill O'Brien, you know, maybe Bill Belichick wants to go back <laughs> to college, stay like, in Boston. Just yeah. Uh, can you imagine that in, to sell in his home house? visit? <laughs> can you imagine that in home visit from uh, yeah. him? Oh. Yeah. God. Thinking about going up Chestnut Hill. You want to you you want to kick for me? Uh, just uh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm gonna go ahead and leave now. And you know, it would be huge for Boston College to get a guy like Bill O'Brien because it's oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a big name. He's got his own ties to the Patriots and everything. But how long is he going to be there if he has right. success? Hundred you know? percent. He's either going to be there for three years and not succeed or be there for three years and have and then, success and want to go someplace else the first yeah, opportunity. That totally. I still think it's a win, though. I think if you're Boston College, you still do it. Don't you? I don't see any reason not to. You, know, yeah, like you I, took a chance on a relatively young guy like Halfley. Sure. And in the short term, it seemed like it was going to work out. When he got yeah. Phil Jerkovic to go, yeah. you know, that was that, that was, was big for him. That yeah. was massive. That and was there was huge success. for them to get a big name guy. Yeah, and they were good for a while until yeah. their offensive line became horrible, oh, and Phil, yeah. you know, just got beaten up. And that's <laughs> yeah. what it came down to. Sure. And then, because know, for a while there, that Phil Dracovic to Zay Flowers connection, like right. that was that was legit. That was right. legit. They were beating people they should not have beaten. You know, yep. so. I didn't realize that Jeff Halfley spent a good time in the NFL before coming back to college. Yes, I looked that up actually yesterday when we were when I was doing the research for was co defensive coordinator for Ohio State, right? When they had bad defenses, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Now he's going to the Packers to become a defensive coordinator. Hey, bad defense, so, keep it coming. Yep, Townie Irish. Yeah, this was kind of my my point about you know, Boston is an afterthought or Boston college is an afterthought sure. in Boston because they're I mean, when you got the Bruins, the Celtics and the Patriots, like, <laughs> and Red the Red Sox, Sox. <laughs> yeah. the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Back up college, baby. Back up college. <laughs> okay. So I saw a Notre Dame fan tweet this question earlier this week. What's worse than being a diehard of a team that you haven't witnessed a national championship in your lifetime. So, guys, what's your answer? I guess Vince has at least witnessed. I got to take this first. Lifetime. Go ahead. Jesse, go. <laughs> I've been a Notre Dame and a Cowboys fan. You know, those are those are two tough, two tough fandoms to be a part of. You know, knowing that the success that came before me, and then nothing that's come 
afterwards, quite honestly, it, it stinks. And I don't think that there is anything worse than it. And I think the only thing that's that's keeping me alive as a fan is knowing that people went through over a hundred years with the Cubs and I got to see him win it in 2016. I didn't have to go through potentially a whole lifetime of not seeing, you know, some sort of championship. So that's the only thing I can hang my hat on right now is that my, you know, that the Cubs were able to do it after so many years, but it, it genuinely it's it, Notre Dame. I don't really mind as much, but it's the Cowboys one that really bothers me because a lot of my friends love, to point that one out, you know, like you don't hear the end of it at, at essentially if, if you're a Cowboys fan and you know, that's, it, it, it stinks and you get a lot of hype built up about, you know, what they used to be. And it's like, yeah, I'd love to see that, but clearly I have it. I mean, you could be onto something. You could be the common denominator. Just <laughs> holding them all down. All the, all right, all the, Cubs, did win. the Cubs did win though. So. They did. They did. Now it took them. 36 years of my life for them to win 35 (laughs) plus I should say. So it felt like a lifetime uh, for the Cubs to win. And they were really bad for the vast majority of my life. And and being a Notre Dame fan is a little bit different because you get your hopes up. I don't get my hope. I don't get my hopes up with the Cubs. Certainly haven't gotten my hopes up with the bears. They did win it in my lifetime, but I was four. They got to a Super Bowl, though, at least two. They did, and it was super exciting for the first 18 seconds. Right. (laughs) When when Devin Hester ran that kickback, I was like, let's go! And at least you lost to Peyton, right? Like It was all downhill from there. It was all downhill from there. But um, So, like, I I guess I don't know what's worse because I've always kind of rooted for the losers, it feels like. And... (laughs) it's okay like i've never coached the state championship team like i don't know i just i guess it's just the norm for me and winning in 2016 with the cubs felt weird felt great but it did feel weird i will say that i mean very like pinch me moments like is this going on oh yeah i like i made my son like we, we we you know recorded watching like the final outs you know like to to go to the world series and then to win the world series and like you know all like because i just didn't believe that was going to happen right i mean you could be a detroit lions fan you know for example yeah yeah. like like it's like that guy that guy who's been the season ticket holder for 66 years (laughs) you know he got his 15 minutes too i don't know if that's ever coming back but he did he did Almost got to the Super Bowl. I mean, for that matter, you could be a Boston College fan and just there's like never any. And you're hope never gonna anything. win. Yeah. Never gonna or, win. Or like a Kansas State Wildcats. I've got my rock chuck on my my KU. You could be a Kansas State Wildcat fan. True story. So out there, you know, I-70 runs through the middle, runs across Kansas, and there's an exit. You get off I-70, you go to Manhattan where where Kansas State is, and out there on I-70. For a long time, I don't think they still had it, have it, but it 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 said, you know, exit here, Kansas State University, the home of the national debate champions. <laughs> <laughs> They're promoting. They were so hard up to promote anything. They were promoting their debate team. That's winning rough. national championships. That's right. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting to root for a team that has zero chance of winning. Like it all, you know, whatever you constitute as it all, right? Like, yeah. So my son's going to go someplace for college, right? And wherever he goes, 
the chances of him winning a national championship are slim to none because he's probably not going to go to like Georgia or Alabama. He's not going to, let me say, let me rephrase that. He's not going to go to any of those types of schools. So it's like, I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to root. But at the end of the day, they're not going to win a national championship. Right. You got to root for like conference championship rivalry wins. Like you got to like lower the bar a little bit. I don't know really what that's like. I, I don't know. I, it's going to be weird. I like what you're getting on to because at least with Notre Dame and the Cowboys, there are expectations every year yeah. of, of being good. And in relative terms, we are spoiled by how consistently average to above average they are. Just the frustrating part is that that is the frustrating part. You know, they're expected to be good and they don't quite take it they as far as what they're supposed to. And I think that's one of the harder parts too is, you hear all this hype about what they're supposed to be and their yeah. big names and, yeah. you know, all these things. And again, a 10 and two season or uh, a nine and three season is great for a mm. lot of programs around the country, but sure. when you're a Notre Dame fan, it's like, that's not good enough. Right. And so like, that's the also stinky part as well. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't make it any easier when that school to the North wins a national championship. <sighs> and the fact that they've got, yeah. Two national championships now since Notre Dame won its last one. That's that doesn't true. help anything. No, it does not. Let me start comparing. So, <laughs> Josh Phillips says Notre Dame men's basketball hasn't won a championship in my lifetime. You know, in, but you know anybody's funny, lifetime though, because they never I got, have. I got more exhilaration out of those elite eight appearances and what should have been a Final Four appearance that right. I did yeah. than I did in a lot of. Notre Dame football runs because they always ended in disappointment too. There was never, you know, yeah, it was like cool when they made the playoffs and stuff, but like, I don't know. I, those games, I never, and it's, it's going to be crappy to say, but like, I never felt good about when Notre Dame was playing Alabama in the national championship no. or that when they were playing Clemson in the, in, in the play. And they never gave me signs during the game that like, they're going to do this, oh. right? Like you never had the feeling in your stomach, they were going to do it. But like in those basketball games, I genuinely felt like they were going to do it and they were going to go to the final four and they had this shot to go to the national championship in the big games. I've never felt like Notre Dame was going to produce, you know, like the LSU sugar bowl growing up, well, the Fiesta bowl against Ohio state. Like they, I don't know. It's just never felt like they, that they were going to do it. The only game I would disagree with you on is Notre Dame Clemson. They were absolutely in that game until Jeremiah love. I mean, uh, love went out. They, they were absolutely in that game. Then he Julian went out, Love. and it was Julian Love. They were absolutely in that game, and then it was over at that point. Like, as soon as he goes yeah. out, they go right after his replacement, and it's ball game, right? Like, they were in that game 100%. But other than that, I 100% agree with you. It's like well, going into game. the Alabama game, though, I thought that – I one? just had this feel the, – the national championship. The 2012 oh, one? The championship game. Okay. Yeah. I – going in, I, I felt – Really good. And obviously it took about five minutes for you were on the Kool-Aid. <laughs> well, from what I heard, like people that were actually there, which I was not one of those people. Oh, I was there. Like, I was like there. they were you know, like walking around like the field, like in pregame. It's like, yeah, this isn't gonna happen. Like just like comparing even like bodies, you know what I mean? Just like Alabama and like it was just nice. That roster was so loaded though, too. Like in hindsight, I, I just remember that the funniest part about that game. 
Because I just kept remember hearing the name Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Ha Ha like, Clinton And Dix. I was like, who is this Ha Ha Clinton Dix guy? What kind of <laughs> name is this? And, of course, he goes on to play for the Packers and be, like, a really good NFL player. And I think that just about sums up All how night that experience long. Ha Ha Clinton yes, Dix. like interception, tackle, you know, every <laughs> single play, it felt like Ha Ha Clinton Dix. And I was I like, know. who is this guy? Ha Ha Clinton Dix. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, fill in the blank. At his introductory press conference, Jim Harbaugh saying the goal with the L.A. Chargers is to win multiple, multiple championships is blank. Typical for an opening press conference when you get a job. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we kind of had this talk when Micah Shrewsbury took over at Notre Dame. And he's like, you can win national championships here at Notre Dame. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And... I kind of feel the same way. Now, the difference is there's only 32 NFL teams. I do think Jim Harbaugh is a good NFL coach. It doesn't take much to turn around an NFL franchise. And so could they win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. Will they win multiple? What, what is multiple multiple? Is that four? Is it like multiple multiple? Redundantly redundant? Yeah. Or what? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. You know, this this is the same energy that I got from him coming on Colin Cowherd today and, and doubling down that J.J. McCarthy is going to be the first. How many overall. times are you going to quote Colin Cowherd? Seriously, I was going to say the same thing. We have a closet you know, Colin Cowherd fan no, in our midst. The, he, there's clips that surface on I X. I go away for a couple and days. And it gives you stuff to talk that's, about. That's my biggest critique is <laughs> I don't know if we've ever said his name. We've maybe said his name twice. <laughs> In a year and a half on this show, and you have brought him up, I don't know how many times in the last three days. Twice. He just gives the same energy, though. He he came on that one and said, Oh, JJ McCarthy is going to be the first quarterback taken. And then now he comes out and says, Did he really say that? Yes. He doubled down on it today and said that. And I was just like, Come on. Wonder, like, (laughs) I mean, that's not even close. Like, he, he may not even go in the first round, and there'll be like four or five guys to go in the first round. Yeah. But that, but what I'm getting at is that Matt, like he, that that's just Jim Harbaugh. He's just overconfident. He's overselling it. And I get that that's what you what what you have to do. But on the flip side of it, like I don't necessarily doubt him. I think that roster is really good. He has freaking Justin Herbert at quarterback. And that's what it starts with. He's got a franchise quarterback. Absolutely. Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about a, a quarterback for at least the next ten years. He is set at quarterback, and he's yeah, he's got plenty of talent around him i mean it starts with that and the biggest problem is uh that other quarterback in his own division patrick, <laughs> patrick mahomes. mahomes you know that's that's what's gonna that's i mean you could we we could we could be seeing you know like the 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 next great nfl rivalry you know for the next 10 years because it's kind of been mahomes and allen it could shift to mahomes and herbert here pretty quickly with Jim Harbaugh showing up. This is a great point by Tommy Guns. He says, will Harbaugh, he says hairball, will Harbaugh draft the, quote, best quarterback he's ever seen at Michigan, unquote, in the first round? Back up these words, Johnny boy. I mean, he does have the ability to back up his own words. I don't know where the uh, where the Chargers are drafting. I, you know, they I got to be somewhat high, right? Uh, I think yeah, they're mid first round someplace. 
they missed the playoffs. So I yeah, think right. Be around so 15, half, right? 15, 16, somewhere around there. Yeah. Maybe. They're not going with quarterback though. I, I would put everything. It would be in my ridiculous to, to say they're not going with quarterback. It would be ridiculous for them to go at quarterback. Like Herbert to me. Number five. Is number like, five overall. They're five overall? Yeah. The Chargers are? Yeah. Why did I think they were lower than that? I don't know. Sorry, go ahead, Jess. No, you're good. I, go. I um outside of Patrick Mahomes. I think Herbert's like the second or third best quarterback in the league. And I think he's been handcuffed the last couple of years with Staley uh, over there in LA. But I like when you, when you think about a quarterback, just long, tall, great power, you know, able, like he throws some of the prettiest balls like and, and into windows. that I don't think most quarterbacks can in this league. And I just, he reminds me of an old school, traditional, you know, shotgun type quarterback. And I like the way I, I think that Jim Harbaugh and him are going to do a lot of good things uh, ultimately. And I think they're going to turn into more of a power kind of aggressive team and allow their run game to open up more of that deep stuff down the field. But I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't I, I don't I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers win a Super Bowl. But to say multiple, multiple, that's where I'm drawing the line. But I, I do think that the Chargers could could get one in relatively you know, soon. Well, I mean, is he going to be there for multiple, multiple years as well? Because that's the other thing is the nine years at Michigan is the longest that he's lasted anywhere. And he wore out his welcome at both Stanford and San Francisco before he got there. And I think that he sort of, because it was Michigan and it was his alma mater. I mean, look, he was looking for a way out a couple of years ago. He just couldn't find his way out. And he finally got his way out by winning a national championship and working his way back to the NFL. So I do wonder how long it's going to last in L.A. It's all sunshine and roses and everything else right now. But I think you're right, Jess. I think that they – I would give them – like if I go scale of 1 to 10 Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl in the next three years, I'd probably put oh. it at a 7. Yeah, I think that's fair because they've got a lot of talent there, and they got a the lot rosters of there. It's just underachieving. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of, re- and there's a reason that the last staff was fired because they just couldn't get over that hump. They had lots of talent, you know, but they just couldn't get over the hump. Jim Harbaugh can get you over the hump. I mean, he is a good coach. I he he was really good with the Niners. They made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, not, he's in know? L.A. now too. You know, like these are the L.A. Chargers. Like this is, yeah. this is just a you know great market, great situation. Like. I think that that was the best job to walk into this offseason just because of the first thing you said is you got a franchise quarterback, and that's the hardest part yep. in the NFL is getting that franchise quarterback. And everyone knows that, like, he works well with quarterbacks. Like, that's his thing. He, You know, obviously he used to play quarterback. All right, I'm going to throw one on you here. The uh, This is Pro Bowl weekend. <laughs> it is also the second year of the Pro Bowl games since they <sighs> did away with the actual Pro Bowl. Here we go. Last year. They got the things like the skills, challenges, tug of war, flag football games. Scale of one to ten. What is your interest in the Pro Bowl games? My skill, uh, now that it's Friday and I, I don't have much going on the rest of the week and the girlfriend is out of town, I'm giving this like a five out of ten. And and I am more interested to see I I love flipping it on yesterday and seeing Jalen Hurts suck in the quarterback throwing competition. <laughs> that made my day watching Jalen Hurts. The glorified running back miss moving targets as a as a as a quarterback. So I thought that was great, and I do like some of like I like the trick shot catches that they do and like that sort of stuff and like the dodgeball. And I liked when Mark, Micah Parsons challenged 
um, Tyreek Hill to a 40 a couple years ago. Like, that's the stuff I like to see. And I, I actually don't mind the game going away because they weren't trying. And not, now you don't have any risk of anyone getting hurt. And so, yeah, it's just more fun now. Micah Parsons participated in the quarterback challenge, didn't he? I did. Yeah, he pr- did better than Jalen Hurts, I think. Yeah, probably true. It's a it's like a negative seventeen for me. Like I have I have zero desire. I forgot that there was stuff on last night uh, concerning the like the only reason I I knew about it like kind of was because I was looking for questions for rapid fire, and then I was like, yeah, I'm not asking questions about that. And then apparently the game is on Sunday. There are I can. There are so many things I would rather do than watch a flag football game with a bunch of NFL guys. Like, I I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. Nothing. I thought that I would be more interested in this last year, and then I flipped it on, and I was like, eh, I just I can't get into this at all. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out it's like a series of flag football games as well. It's like they play this one, and then they play this one, and then, you know, it's like Eli and Peyton Manning or – the coaches and I can, you know, like maybe if they were quarterbacking for the two different teams or something like that, it'd make it a little more interesting. But I kind of put it at a two as well. It just doesn't do anything for me. You know, maybe if FanDuel starts putting stuff up <laughs> on the wrap. Hey, NHL. Uh, Derek, this one's for you. NHL All-Star Game is tomorrow. You can bet on who you think the MVP is going to be. Michael Bublé, clearly. I... Uh, I, I randomly drew a name out of a hat because I was looking to have fun. Because you don't know hockey. I know. Admit it. You don't know hockey. But there's something fun to bet on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to have the disposable income of Jesse Styers, folks. Seriously. I got to pay taxes this year on my FanDuel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, of course, we're, what, a week away, a little bit more than a week away from the Super Bowl. And CBS had six, count them, six people on their AFC Championship game pregame show last weekend. That prompted Bill Simmons to tweet, the six-man pregame show is always a miracle of stupidity. Do you buy or sell that? (laughs) I buy this. I I, I think that five or six is too much. I cut my limit at just about four. Um, And I like... I think CBS has bigger issues than the six man crew. I think their crew, even if it was four is largely boring. Um, And it's just not quite as fun as the Fox or the NFL network, or even the ESPN, you know, pregame shows. And so I like CBS is my least favorite. And you're telling like, if you add more people, it's just like, it's more boring for me. And that's kind of where I stand on the situation. Yeah. You don't a lot when you have six guys and you're or six people and you're trying to get, everybody's opinion it gets stale like i don't need six different people's opinion about the same topic and yet if you've got six people on the panel you got to get six people's opinion because if you don't talk to everybody i just it's too many it's too it's too much and the way you get six people's opinion is you get six seconds from each of them you know like especially at halftime you don't actually get any real analysis from any of them because there's so many of them yeah Yeah, you it's like oh it's a big game, so let's add more bodies to the mix. Terrible. And I was, I was just horrible. I went and looked at 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 the whole thing because he tweeted a photo. So you got James Brown, who's the host. It's like okay, you got to have the host, but then you got Phil Sims, Bill Cower, Nate Burleson, Boomer Esiason, 
and you got J.J. Watt sitting in there. Now, first of all, you know, they've got Phil Sims and Boomer Esiason together on a daily basis. They're almost the same person as it is. They're like the two grumpy old blonde men, you know, like there's there's not that much difference between either of them. So, like, why do you need both of those guys on the same set? I've never figured that one out. And then, you know, at least Nate Burleson is new to the He's whole He's my thing. favorite one. Yeah, Burleson, I think he does a, a pretty good job. You know, Cower. Not bad. You got a coach, but you know, again, then you throw JJ Watt in there. There's just too many. It's just too, much. too much. Six is always yeah. too much. I think at the most, you probably need a host and three guys. Kind of yeah, like four total. I'm not sure what Fox has right now with the number. You know, they've got Howie, Bradshaw, Jimmy. I guess they added Strahan. So they've they got Strahan. Five. And they added Gronk. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So they there got you go. Too, honestly, they have too many too. And they're always talking over each other yes because it's like a big bunch of goofy bastards talking like and you get that too you get that you know? too when you got too yeah. many people in the mix right i uh i'm gonna say it i love jj watt as a player but i do not love jj watt as the cbs guy or like just any like like this i don't know if you guys saw but there's like this war on analytics recently and now it's being now spearheaded by jj watt and it's like oh really yeah he 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 basically was saying how like the pf like the players don't like the pff grades and they oh, think that they're right. baloney and you know all of this stuff and it, it i don't know i just feel like jj watt has turned into like that old get off my lawn guy and it's like dude you just retired a year ago you know like <laughs> it feels like he's already boomer Esiason. i'm like what are we doing right now I don't know. That's just my opinion. Brent, I hope you're feeling better <laughs> soon, but uh, he wants us to talk about the 49ers. I Almost mean, as I, bad as talking about Colin Cowherd, Brent. Yes. I mean, it's like... I mean, you can tell Brent's not feeling well because the uh, the jabs at Jesse are so few and far between. Yeah, there's. I haven't seen any. Yeah. I haven't seen any. Because <laughs> he was coming hard at him the other day. Was uh, it's not, oh, it's yeah. not the other day. It's every day. Well... I, I recognized it on Wednesday. How about that? It, it was it's like, man, Jesse, just like a pincushion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I guess my follow-up to this thing about the, the, the pregame shows, doesn't it feel like podcasts have made these pregame shows largely irrelevant as it is? You're not, to of- me, I'm not learning anything. The only thing I learn about watching those shows is, one – Injury updates. That's really the only reason I'm checking in for fantasy reasons. I want to know because I usually have a segment of these guys are in and, and these in, guys are out. out. Yeah. And so like I I generally don't I don't care what they have to say. Uh, it's one I just it's something to do before the game actually starts because we wait until one o'clock until the first series of games starts. And then two, I'm just making sure I have it. I know all the possible information before. The games actually start and you know like nfl network's my favorite just because there's more personality on that like they do more fun type skit stuff you know and so like that's that's what i enjoy I that's probably because they've got a longer format though because they don't have to worry about other stuff you know on their network because it's nfl network they can basically go as long as they want to go yeah and not true. be as constrained with time that's true but n- nothing ever gets said on those shows And so like, that's what I was getting at is podcasts are far more informational. And so when you get to the actual, these shows, it's like, they're not really relevant. I just want to know because they have the the quickest access 
to the person who knows about who's in and out. And that's the only reason I, yeah. I tune in. The, that's exactly what I was going to say. The stuff that is most relevant on Sunday or Saturday, if it's a college game is the guys, you know, or the, or the reporters, you know, the, uh, uh, Jay, uh, what's his name? Um, the bald guy on Fox. I can't Blazer. think of his name. Blazer. Thank you. Giving you player, you know, injury updates, who's going to play, who's not going to play all that, you know, like people want to know that for their fantasy stuff. But otherwise, you know, I think like we sit here during the season and we break down Notre Dame stuff all week long. And so, like, if you tune in game day and they're talking about Notre Dame on Saturday, what are they going to tell you in their six minute segment about Notre Dame that, you know, if you've been paying attention all week? hasn't already been discussed in, uh, you know, more long form in greater detail. They're just giving you the abbreviated notes of stuff that we've probably likely. And I'm not just like patting ourselves. I'm just saying in general, it's, it's, it's just, just a different format. The expansion and it's, yeah. of podcast. Cause there's so sure. there's, you know, there's a podcast that fits everything, everything. that you're looking for basically. Yeah. And if you're an NFL fan or a college football <laughs> fan, if you're it just a botanist feels like, fan. Yeah. It just feels like, I don't know what you're getting out of these pregame shows anymore right. on the actual day of the game that you're not getting during the week from your podcast. So. Yeah, I I can't say that I listen to like NFL podcasts. It's just not something that interests me. But I'm also not interested in the fluff that is the pregame show either. <laughs> I generally tune in right at kickoff. I mean, that's that's what I do. And whether it's the regular season or the postseason, and and the postseason is even worse. Because it just feels like every single story just gets retread and retread and retread, especially when they're talking about two games. You know, like last weekend, you're talking about two games, and they've got like a two-hour pregame show. It's like, oh my gosh, like, right? It's 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 too much. And so I tune in for the game, and then that's it. And that's I actually because you know last you know last Saturday night got back at three a.m. from that (laughs) thrilling game at Connecticut, and then. You know, got up, did some stuff Sunday, and I was worn out. So I was, you know, like I had the house to myself for like part of the day because my wife was working and my daughter was at work. And so I'm just kind of, you know, sitting there vegging out and I'm saying, all right, well, I I want some football content. So I threw on, like, you know, like the CBS pregame show. And it's like, eh, this is, this is what this passes for. And then Bill Simmons tweeted that. And it's like, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, Right in yeah. there, Bill. Yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So the NFL has laid out its Super Bowl player gambling policy for the Super Bowl next week. 
in Las Vegas. Here's what it says. While in Vegas, players participating in the Super Bowl are prohibited from engaging in any form of gambling, including casino games and betting on any sport. So my question, is it fair or foul to play the Super Bowl in Las Vegas and not allow any of the players to gamble? I feel very strongly about this. This is 100% sure foul. Do. This is we are we are grown men in this situation. We are in charge of our own finances and our own money. It's it, again, like if if you can't say that you can't go to Vegas, like I get it, like betting on the game itself, right? Big no no. But like big casino no-no. games, like. But if I want to go out and boy, you can't go play some blackjack on your own. Like I don't. I, I got. I, I'm. I'm. I got all this free. You know, not tons of free time, but like. I got some time. I want to go, you know, blow some time at the at the blackjack table. I'm a grown man. I can do whatever I want. Like if I'm not betting on the game itself, I really don't understand that rule. And it, it, I don't think that you should be allowed to host the Super Bowl in, a, in a, city, a city like Vegas if you are told as a grown man that you cannot go gamble at your right. own leisure. Right. I think it's ridiculous. It's 100% foul. And it's not – and again, I'm, I'm echoing kind of what Jesse just said. Like they're they're not saying you can't bet on the game, which okay, duh, of course you can't bet on the game, but you can't just sit down at a blackjack table. You can't you, can't, you yeah. can't throw a chip down on the roulette wheel. Like you can't just throw the die. Like I, I've got a major problem with that. I've got a major problem with that because the NFL specifically, because we're talking about the NFL, they embrace gambling. They embrace right. it, and. We're not asking them to bet on the Super Bowl. Just some people like to just go and gamble. Like it's it's a pastime. They enjoy it. And you're not allowing them to do it. And the Super Bowl's in Vegas, where the you capital, where you have an NFL team, by the way. So are you telling me that the Raiders players are never allowed to that's get a, a point, casino man. all season long? Right. For anybody that's visiting the Raiders. Can't hit a casino <laughs> since it's the Super Bowl. Nobody's allowed in. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's one thing to say you can't bet on sports. Okay. Sure. Fine. That, yeah, that's that fine. But like you just said, to, to go into a casino, not be able to, you know, play play a hand of a blackjack or yeah, you know, go ridiculous. to the roulette table, you know, pull a handle on the slot. You know, maybe they whatever. got so many nerves. They can't sleep. They just want to go to the casino and, right. you know, right. knock a couple hours out. Big lick <laughs> says, what's the IB gambling policy? We need a Saturday morning gambling show with Jesse, Vince and Sean during the football season. That, we talked about that last part uh, yesterday a little bit. And so we'll see how that progresses, but I want my own segment. And I'm yeah, trying to no, get it segment. Get your own show, brother. That's where we need to go with that. But as far as there being a policy, there, there, there's no policy. We can lose our money with the best of them. Here's Jesse. Here's here's what gets it started. Okay. <laughs> so working, working again, executive producer here. Okay. So every Tuesday, you just show up. Ready to talk about some uh, some bets that you feel strongly about. Like okay. You put together your empirical data on your right. spreadsheets like you're known to do. You bring your sheets. You give us the data. And you tell us why you feel strongly about, say, eight to ten bets. Okay. 
I think we got to keep track of my record too. That's the oh, okay. 100%. The Super Bowl is next week. So Tuesday, oh, you man. show up with as much as you want to show up with on Tuesday. Ready okay. to go. And if you okay. don't use it on Tuesday, you know, I'll be gone on Thursday and you guys can get to it on Thursday as well. And I know that we had a request for next Friday's show to be all Super Bowl prop bets. We can definitely do that because there are literally nice. like 500 so props many. I can dig up and we can have all kinds of fun with, you know, some oh, of the fun prop bets. Best and we're definitely going to keep track of those. Best yeah. one I've seen so far is what over under on the jersey number total on touchdown players scored so like the like if, if kelsey's wearing 80 and a running back wears 10 and they both score a touchdown their jersey number combines for 50 they've set it over under at what that church that combined jersey number will be that is confusing <laughs> that's confusing as all john's, john's got a nice idea for you bring out the whiteboard whiteboard I don't know what we would call it. Your whiteboard, you know, whiteboard roulette or something like that. <laughs> we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to think of a good. It's got to go with Jesse. Somehow we got to get we got to get the name in there. And why yeah. is Tuesday early? Why is why is two? I mean, because like, you know, there's only. I mean, again, it's the Super Bowl, so it's like Super Bowl content during the week. Are you saying it's too early because the Super Bowl isn't until Sunday? So that's. Maybe too early to do. Yeah, I think stuff. they might say like the lines might be changing, but the thing but is, they don't all have to be football bets either. Like that's what I was going to get at. Is there's a yeah. there's an NBA like, game just about every day, and whether you watch or not is one thing. But there's always games to be bet baseball on is something. NBA. You know, baseball's coming up. You got futures bets. You know, like you can start. Oh, yeah. You know, but I agree speech. that if it, if it became Notre Dame, that like Friday would be the best because they take forever to get props out. Yeah. And the props are constantly being adjusted throughout right, the week. Right, 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 right. Tommy Guns makes a good point. Um, we're, we we do need to – have you addressed this with the boss? <laughs> I, I have not because I forget every time. I know, because I do too. It, he, we need to have him to have access, especially on days when you're not here. We I may I, have I, a winner here, courtesy to, of Ken, ooh, whiteboard, whiteboard wagers. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. That's pretty good. All right, well, we're all on board. I, I, I know what my task is. Okay. <laughs> Don't make me repeat Just myself. what I do every day, but present, make it presentable in the show. By the all way, right. John says his cousin Andrew is a financial <laughs> advisor for Northwestern Mutual in Chicago. So there you go. look up Andrew Christofik at Northwestern Mutual in Chicago if you are uh, looking for some financial planning. It's nice. way to go. Nice. Thanks, John. And uh, my nice mortgage. How many times are we going to hear Riley Leonard transferred from Duke? Will he wear a you suck bracelet? And how many interviews will his mom get over under? She'll get one on the home broadcast at one point. She'll get she'll get the one for sure. And it'll all be about the bracelet. And so we'll get the zoom on it and the whole deal. There'll be one story done on it. You think 100%. they took a bone out of his ankle when they did that uh, tightrope? <laughs> Like will he wear? Because that wear one got up? that one got old real fast too. By the yeah, way, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. By the way, final thought today: Carl Weathers, aka Apollo Creed, aka Chubbs, Chubbs from Happy Gilmore, That's sadly right. passed away today. Man, <sighs> I was just watching uh, Predator. 
recently, and I was watching some Rocky recently as well. Carl Weathers, man. What a stud. I had former, no idea he played in the NFL. I was getting ready to say former uh, former Oakland Raiders He's linebacker. He's one of those yeah. guys just about everything. Yep. Yeah. I was. I had no idea he played in the NFL. 76 years old. That guy. He looked. He 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 held it up for a long time. He he lived a hell of a life, from what I can gather. I mean, so good for him. Like going from being a professional athlete to being an award-winning actor, in and playing some iconic roles too. Yeah. By the way, iconic roles. I mean, that's not you know an actor is lucky to get one iconic role. He had multiple, and that's that's impressive. That's something to say. So. That was a sad, the bell? sad bit of news. Ding, ding. Thank you, Joe. Did you guys uh, start your morning with Groundhog Day, Bill Murray? Uh, uh, I watched the the uh, I watched the unveiling of the actual Groundhog live with my children at the breakfast table this morning. So supposedly think- spring is coming early, right? That's what they tell me. Well. The thing is, is his 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 selections are only thirty eight percent of the time accurate. So I think we need to start fading him and doing the opposite of. <laughs> hey George, <laughs> what he picks, Dylan, you old son of a bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. That was that was the line from Predator, Dylan. <laughs> I think Sean gave that. Sean Stewart gave it. I didn't know what the Dylan in all caps was, but no I didn't either. I thought he was spelling my kid's name oh, wrong. Oh, there it is. I didn't see. I didn't see Sean Stewart. Dylan, <laughs> you. Are I knew it had to be in reference to something, but I, yeah. I'm the last person you want to ask. <laughs> uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger brought the schnitzel down to South America when they were doing the Predator <laughs> down there. <laughs> Carl Weathers ate the schnitzel. <laughs> oh, well, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah, I sad. didn't know that Carl Weathers uh, was on Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. The scene I saw the scene where he's got like the the bone. He's like, you could make a a stew with this or or something like that. I can't remember. I just I, it, it was funny seeing all the different Carl Weathers. Uh, I'm telling you, man, today he. He touched a lot of areas, you know what I mean, in his life. Like, it was impressive. What's crazy is I think the thing that he was, you know, the two roles that he was obviously most known for playing Apollo Creed in Rocky. And probably the second most known role that he had was playing Chubbs. 100%. In Abby Gilmore. (laughs) 100%. That's still the stupidest looking hand. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) That's what makes it so great. So what's your favorite Carl Weathers movie then? Is it Rocky, Predator, Happy or Happy Gilmore? It's not even close. It's Happy Gilmore. Yeah, but he's a big Rocky fan. I know. He's, he's, got, the, he's, he's got the whole set, the box set. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> Rocky 3 is the way to go. But he was, you know, he was basically the bad guy in Predator. He wasn't a good guy because he was. He was like the CIA and he was kind of double-crossing Schwarzenegger and the rest of the crew, you know, like Jesse the Body Ventura had the best line in in uh, Predator with you know the ain't got time to bleed. Oh, you got time to duck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, people. <clears throat> if anyone ever saw the show, what was it like? Something pop culture hit, like pop culture trivia show. 
on MTV that we used to watch for the longest time. There's one strong contestant that I always encouraged <laughs> to go on there, but never did. I tried to get like w- when that show was on, I tried to come up with a little because remember it was like you came up with a team and you yeah, there's three. It was and, a, group, a team of three. Yeah, we never got an entry put in. I, I wish they'd do a show <laughs> like that. That was because it was like there were different categories. You know, there was like music and TV and movies and all that stuff. I'd be helpful in some of that, not music. World Series of Pop Culture. That was the That's what it was. Yeah. Gosh, that's been about 20 or so years ago, hasn't it? Well, I'm 27, so like it's... (laughs) But you remember it. (laughs) Yeah. I just remember you getting all of them right, and I'm like, why don't you just go do it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you remember when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was popular? I qualified... Like doing the phone thing, like because you oh, used to have to call in and right. like answer questions, and I qualified like two or three times, but I never got a callback. You know, it's like you still had to—I don't know what the process was, because you know they take your number and all this different stuff, but I never got the callback after I qualified. On what game show would you guys be on if you could? Like right now, today, if there was a game show that you could be on, do you know what it would be? Man. I'm starting my training for Survivor. I, I'm going to try to get on Survivor before it's all said. Vince and I were talking about doing the Amazing Race a few yeah. years back. <laughs> That'd be I fun think, because you get to travel across the country as well. I think, like we'd be really, I think we'd be really good at Amazing Race. I know. <laughs> I mean, or, Ooh, or I would not do Survivor. Like, Survivor is like, that's it's no way. Really? No, yeah. 100%. I'm not sleeping in bugs <laughs> and all that. No, sorry. It's not happening. And I'm not walking around half naked. And You're not going else. to to go take your, your business out in the water? Just... It'd be hell of a diet plan uh, to <laughs> yeah. go on Survivor. I know. but that's, that's... You'd lose some good weight. <laughs> the problem is I would get I, – I this is how it would go. They would love me at first, and then I'd get cranky, and I'd start pissing <laughs> people off. That's... And I would get voted off. Like, that's what would happen. All the young people would be like, get this old guy. <laughs> They would love me at first. Guy out of here. I'm telling you, they would love me at first, and then I'd Look, get cranky. I'm not helping you build a fire. You build <laughs> yeah, your own fire. I'd be pissed. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, that's what would happen. Over here with the ants. <laughs> I, it would, I and I would find was, another I, older guy to commiserate with, and they'd vote <laughs> us both off. Probably that's what would happen. The, I think it would really set in. You see some of the nights where they just get like dumped on with rain, and they have oh. no shelter, and they're just sitting there taking freezing, and like rain freezing cold. All night. That just sounds awful. <laughs> awful. It's not worth it. And only one person wins the million dollars and they have to vote for you to win. Yeah. It's yeah. never so going to happen. Your case at the end. It's not like based off a of pure no. talent. You have to like explain your resume. I will piss end. off too many people. That would be. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> Ken has on a good family one. feud. That would yeah. be fun. That could be a real good one. You know, I we could put together a decent team. The IB family feud. Oh yeah. That <laughs> would Ryan be would be at the head. <clears throat> what's the, let's i was watching primetime let's make a deal last week and that felt like a pretty easy show <laughs> it's a, i'm just like yelling at this woman it's like why are you being so greedy <laughs> take the twenty thousand dollars they're trying to give you and Get walk out. out of here right now <laughs> that, that would be my curtain. issue i would i would i'd keep rolling the dice and i'd, I'd lose it all unfortunately <laughs> I wouldn't know when to get out. I'd either win it all or win nothing. That would be my issue. Yeah. We need to actively <laughs> look into Amazing Race, Sean. That needs to happen. It would be like Sean and Vince 
broadcast buddies. That's the relationship right here. You know, that's it's right. Like, here's what we do. We talk, <laughs> we talk to each other. I'm telling you. It'd be I yeah, that needs to have. We and and it would be good TV too, because we would go from being like happy go lucky, you know, to just absolutely <laughs> yelling at each other. That's exactly it's hundred percent right. gonna happen. That's what I would worry about is like because <laughs> you know it's like you're it's like <laughs> pull up your damn pants and run. <laughs> <laughs> we would so we would so we would get pissed at each other and then like five minutes later be just fine. Like that is a hundred percent what would happen. Yep. Oh, All right. Great. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Yeah. I'm looking into it. It's happening. Do it. Get that, <laughs> get that entry. They've got to have a website someplace. Have you can, to. You can submit. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody have a good weekend. No Super Bowl, of course, this weekend. We'll be Pro back. Pro Bowl, baby. That's Watch right. Flag football this weekend. Pro Bowl games. Watch that flag. Watch the tug of war. Go have fun. Absolutely. We'll be back on Monday. Hit the like button before you leave. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you Monday on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.